this is Scott from Cloak, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce Moore. And as you're going to find out here in a second, my partner Chris is MIA. Seems he uh, took Russ's advice a couple weeks ago. Russ from uh, Touch the Sun and learned how to spin his beer slowly to cool it off. And he perfected the trick and now I haven't seen him. Pierce, he is drunk as a skunk somewhere. So we're going to go ahead and do this episode uh, ourselves. Uh, you're going to have to deal with me. Uh, obviously, I'm the better looking one, but you're going to have to deal with us or me and uh, be a little bit different. We went live this time to speak with Scott from Cloak. If you haven't checked out Cloak, they're uh, an Atlanta-based band. Heavy as hell, mixture of so many different genres. I don't know how to explain them, but man, I hadn't heard of them. I had heard their name going into it. Hadn't heard them personally. Haven't listened to anything or seen them. And uh, didn't know what to expect. They showed up and interviewed Scott. Super great guy, as you're about to find out. But, holy crap, is them good. So go ahead and give Cloak a, uh, a listen. I uh, definitely won't regret it. And then tune in and let's listen to what Scott had to say about the bands, uh, the movie Lords of Chaos, and other generalities so sit back enjoy once again thank you for supporting the brutally delicious podcast we appreciate all your feedback input and comments keep them coming share spread the love whatever you can do to help us out here Good. So let's, uh, we just talked a little bit ago, but tell me about how's the tour going so far? It's been really good. Um, packed out shows every night. Uh, Chemist has been a great band to tour with. It's it's sort of that mixed audience where Cloak is sort of always the odd man out on a lot of these tours. So like we can kind of blend in with a lot of different bands and it somehow works for us. It's been great reception. We've been gaining new fans and we've seen old ones come and, and just people that recognize the song, so it doesn't get much better than that as a, oh, as a that. newer band. What's it like traveling when the heat is like 107 degrees out? It's uh, it's awful. Um, even being from the south, it's just, it's still, you never really get used to it. I mean, it's up upwards to 95, 96, could be 100 degrees in Philly when we're there. It's it's bad. La- last night in Raleigh, the show was exhausting. It was just like a swamp land, but I don't know, I kind of like adding that sort of torturous atmosphere to a lot of a lot of our shows it just works in a specific way for us where we need to like fight through that that pain and agony as we play so it just it's it is what it is but yeah it's it's oppressive um i know two venomous deaths was 2017 you guys got anything in the works for yeah uh, yeah we, we have a new album coming out um i can't say much more but uh the announcement will be pretty soon now and it's it's scheduled to come out by the end of 2019. okay yeah so let's talk about writing for a second when you guys are writing are you writing like the old school method where you're banging things off each other or are you writing like emailing stuff back and forth uh, a little bit of both in the beginning it was sort of like the collaborative thing i usually will come up with the initial riff um but Sean and Max do a good bit too. And this one was more so, I guess, the newer way where I was demoing stuff on my computer. Uh, like
like the last half of the record was mostly just me doing the full songs and then Sean the drummer adds his own flavor to it and we, we, we rearrange parts here and there too and then Max brings in his riffs and we just it's constant layering so doing it that way as opposed to doing it the other way do you find like you lose a sort of immediacy because I think when you do it the other way it's like really organic right, right and it's really right. in the moment um it's there's definitely a difference I think like there's a bit of a stripped down to the point sort of sound with the ones that I did on my own but I don't I think that's a good thing because I think some stuff in our older writing could sort of go off in tangents sometimes and it, I don't think it's a good or good or bad thing it's just like a preference thing um, I, I don't really think we lose much of the organic aspect of it because like I said the the drummer really comes in and, and adds his own flavor to it because he's not going to play like a drum machine like when I demo stuff so it's no I don't think we lose lose anything when you're writing and you're you said you're doing a lot of this stuff on your machine are you like keeping in mind how it's going to come across on stage or are you writing just like for the song's sake um mostly for the song's sake it, it it's funny you say that because some of the stuff that I did write on my own where I could layer things and hear it as I'm layering it as I'm demoing it um it was a little bit harder to pull off live there's a little bit more clean singing parts here and there um, not overly done but those parts were a bit of a struggle to kind of get down in the practice room and, and we have yet to play them live so we'll, we'll see how it goes but we, we were able to work around a lot of things so I think you should do that as a band I mean you need to challenge yourself too so it's not I mean we're not writing the same song over and over again but the the, the cloak style is still very much there okay. we cool Phil? Yeah. So how does it make you feel? You've been sitting in front of the computer or you've been sitting in the rehearsal room for six months, a year, whatever it is. How does it make you feel when it's finally done and those, those songs come to life in front of a live audience? It's, I mean, it's no better feeling, really. I, we've introduced two new songs on this tour and seeing the reaction from them has been like a little, little bit of taste, a little bit of a taste for how that's going to come across when we start sort of introducing more of those newer songs into it. And I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's a song that you write on a random night as you're, you know, in your, in your home and then you're playing on a stage in front of a couple hundred people and seeing the reaction, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I listen to cloak records or cloak music. There's quite a bit of different influences coming in. Everything from like real death metal stuff to more doomy kind of thing. Yeah. What are you listening to? What's on your player on a regular basis? Uh, it really depends. I mean, I'm a I'm a classic kind of guy. I mean, I like Metallica, and I was listening to a lot of um, '80s thrash during the the time where we were writing our new album and. I don't really think that like comes across in it, but it was just what I was listening to at the time, and maybe a little bit of it. I mean, I was listening to a lot of like old Creator, uh, older Megadeth, and Metallica, and Slayer. I mean, those are always going to be my favorite bands. But I don't know. I think we've we all have a common interest in like um, the, all the Danzig bands, like Misfit Sam and Danzig, are like our favorite bands, and then Morbid Angel, American Death Metal, mixed with like. Obviously, the Scandinavian black metal stuff, and then bands like Sisters of Mercy and Fields of the Nephilim. It's just, it's all kind of in there, but I don't know if what we listen to, you know, during that week is going to matter 
when it comes to the the song that we write that week or something like that i, I just think it's good to have that wide range of, of music kind of going all the time and, and i'm constantly checking out newer bands too like i still like to it, but it's about one out of ten out of those newer bands that I like stick to, that I'm like, okay, I can listen to this a ton. I mean, there was a band last year that released a record, uh, the band is Tafos, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, Denmark, death metal, it's fucking great. Um, and then they they are sort of like in the same circle as this band called Slate, if that's how you pronounce it, uh, from Denmark as well. And Slate is a little more kind of what what Cloak does, it kind of has a little bit of that rock and roll edge to it, but it's a little bit of black metal, a little bit of the gothic undertones, and I listen to those bands quite a bit uh, for like newer artists. So. I know you dropped the Misfits. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that, that playing the garden? Did you see that? I did, yeah. It would be great to see. Um, I saw some footage, and it, it, I mean, you know, Danzig doesn't sound how he... He's older, and, and your voice goes, but I've seen him three times now, and we, we played that Psycho Vegas gig where he was playing as well. With, he did How the Gods Kill. And, I mean, I'm a lifelong fan. I think I think he's such an innovative artist, and he always did things his way, and I, I mean, I look up to him so much as an artist, so I, I think it's great that they're doing that. I'd love to go, but I'm sure that's going to be, like, already unaffordable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, too, because when they were... The Misfits that we know, I mean, they were playing, like, it was like punk hardcore gigs, so it was like they were playing, like, not that different of, of shows that were playing on this tour, you know, but then 30-some years later, they're, they're doing the biggest shows of their life in right. arenas, so it's kind of... I mean, some people could look at it as a cash grab, but I think I think Danzig at least is a genuine enough person. Um, I don't know what Jerry only is. It'll be nice seeing him and Doyle just, on the same uh, yeah. on the same stage together. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's cool. interesting. We still good for a couple more? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually good for however you like. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've only got a few more. Cool. Um, you mentioned black metal, Scandinavian black metal. What, what's your take on the Lords of Chaos? Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I mean, it, it was. Uh, I'm a movie guy too, so so from a cinema aspect, I thought it was uh, pretty shitty. The, the acting was pretty terrible. Um, and but but at the same time, like I, I'm not gonna have this huge opinion about it because that a lot of people my age like to act like that was their scene. And and I mean, you can hold something sacred to you, but also realize like you weren't there. You didn't have anything to do in creating it you're living off of stuff that they created that was amazing, an amazing art form, but don't try to act like you knew Euronymous or you knew Dead or you knew Varg. Like it's, it is what it is, but people, you know, in, in entertainment are gonna grab onto these uh, cultural phenomenons either way especially in 2019 and you're gonna they're gonna make something of it they're gonna do what they want to do and even if it was the guy that played in Bathory like I mean he went on to do Lady Gaga music videos so it's just he, he, you know he's not like this huge black metal head anymore I doubt so it, it, it is what it is from a strictly from a, a movie aspect I didn't really like it I mean it had some scenes here and there but honestly my favorite scene was when they were partying to accept in the house right. <laughs> I thought it was I mean, for movie sake it was okay yeah but I thought it was interesting that they brought or, or, or kind of cool that they brought the black metal to I guess the masses if you want mm -hmm. I don't know how much of a theatrical yeah. but at the same time 
that's kind of anti antithetical yeah, to what black metal it, really it, is about. I right? mean, it is, it is, but I think it's it's sort of been going on that path for a while now. And like I said, like I didn't have anything to do with. I I was four when. Uh, Day Mysterious came out uh, in, I think, 94. So it's just like, I'm not going to sit around and and act like I had anything to do with that scene, but I am going to act, I am going to say that I do hold the true black metal spirit like really close to my heart. But, but again, I just, I don't know, people like to have these kind of staunch opinions about things when they didn't really have anything to do with it. but. I have my opinions about the movie, and I think it's—I think it just makes it another laughing stock uh, for the genre in general. People, you know, like black metal has just turned into a bunch of people making memes. It's turned into Vice documentaries. It's turned into bands that really aren't genuine about the <laughs> true spirit of it, anyway. What it was originally supposed exactly. to be about. And, and and I guess in ways I'm a. I don't know, I, I just have a, I'm a primal thinker sometimes, so I, I tap into those sort of energies that it was built upon, and, and that's that's just my take on it. I'm not saying everyone has to have that take, right. and I don't think everyone should, and I don't think it is for everyone to really uh, deal with or handle anyways. So. I spoke with, uh, we just did a podcast too, a couple weeks ago with Morning Gas from Thrones, yeah. and he's, he's totally, totally vehemently against that. Uh, who, he said, who, "Who was it?" Norn Guest from Enthroned, okay. the singer, yeah. and he was just like, because they're old school. I mean, they're not from right, Norway right. Or, or whatever; they're from Belgium. Okay. But same sort of yeah. time frame, and he grew up totally. He said the same thing. Yeah. He said it's making a laughing stock. Yeah, it, it is. Um, just, just even the acting in general, like Varg's whole character. Just, I mean, Varg is a, a goofy guy. A character ways, anyway. Yes, yeah, so it's. <laughs> Definitely, I think it was an anti-Varg film, honestly. Right. Um, cool. What What's next for uh, folks? Sorry, I kept you talking. No, no, no. I, I'm good to talk about things like that. Um, so next we have, after this tour, which ends at the end of July, we go out with 1349. Well, we, we're doing two dates with them in Florida. And then we uh, we have a third date by That's ourselves there. That's a great there. gig. I love yeah, that that'll be really cool. Um, Mid-August for that. And then... After that, we're doing a small run out to Texas and back, um, just because we haven't hit Louisiana or Texas and those states yet. So that'll be cool to finally uh, end sort of the venomous cycle with hitting pretty much all of the U.S. at that point, I mean all the major parts of the U.S. and getting down to Texas and coming back. And then after that, it's dealing with a new album, uh, all the press for it. And Have you gotten overseas yet? No, no, that's on the horizon, hopefully, for this new album. Um, nothing in set in stone yet. But. All right, well, that's all. Hopefully, Chris will be back next week. Uh, until then, thanks again for listening, and keep it metal. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content 
like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.